Episode 62, Time Management. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Gone Personal Organization, and today I want to talk about time management. Now, Time management is probably one of my most requested subjects to speak about. A lot of people struggle with it, but I was actually inspired by a podcast I heard uh, with my friend Heather Dean on Asha Torah. She does these short interviews with Torah personalities, and this interview that I caught was with Rabbi Aryeh Leb Niven, and they were speaking about time management. And they were talking about how time management in general, where this idea that we have control over managing our time, isn't actually a Jewish ideal. Because in most systems, it assumes that you're in control of the time. But in reality, we sort of know, or we do know, that Hashem is actually in control of our time. God's in control of our time. The universe, whatever you attribute it to, it doesn't really matter. The fact is that time is not something that we can control. And I agree with this a lot. And it's something that I've come to understand. Um, But the thing is, is that even though time is not really in our control, you still have to schedule your time as best as you can. But you always have to understand that the unknown could always happen and that there's no real way for you to plan for the unknown. There's no way for you to really know what the unknown is, right? Because it's the unknown. So it could be a big thing. It could be a small thing. Usually small things, you know, you can be flexible, but with bigger things, it can be hard. Like one time my kids um, had my my husband was homesick with my kids and it turns out that you know he my husband took my son to the doctor and I was away working and he's totally capable of doing that and then my husband calls me and says no we have to take him to the hospital right away and I'm like trying to race home and you're working as hard as you can against the clock but it's sometimes there's just nothing we can do about it and so we have to be able to be flexible in those kind of situations so that we can manage our our time as best as possible and sort of roll with the punches. Now, when I teach about time management, I always teach my students to leave buffer zones in their schedule. That means that when you're, you know, scheduling something, you leave a blank amount of time, either 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it could be 15 minutes, it could even be five minutes between each task, just so you have time to take care of something in case something takes longer than you've anticipated. Now, of course, listening to what Rabbi Nivens had said helped me clear up a few issues I was having. So it brought home the point that, you know, we don't have control over our time. And no matter how much you plan and how many scenarios you plan for, you never really know what's going to happen. Now, of course, I'm not saying don't plan. That is not what I'm saying at all. Having a plan helps us to move past any bumps in the road more smoothly, but having a plan won't always account for every factor, and it also won't help you if you don't have the right attitude about it. If you're always like, well, something bad is always going to happen, then, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to move forward with your 
plans, with your goals, with your time, than if you would say, okay, it's okay, I can handle this, I'm, I'm just going to keep going on as best as I can, I'm not going to worry. And when you have this change in attitude, it makes it a lot easier to move over these bumps in the road. Now, people are always asking me to help them manage their time better. And of course, I can sit down and I can help you plan out your day. I can help you plan out your week. I can help you plan out your month. I can help you plan out your year. I can teach you how to slot out all of your tasks, whatever you need to get done. And I've had great success with clients who have worked with me. What I can also teach you is how to be more flexible and roll with a situation that doesn't go as you planned. But what I can actually do is make you act in that way when a situation actually comes up. I can't actually handle the task for you. I can't stop you from procrastinating. I can't I can't actually make you be flexible. And a lot of people I think expect that to happen, but it's I don't know any way that that's possible. And what I think that we need to learn with regard to time management is that we are in control of how we act in a situation. We are in control of our reactions when things go wrong. When we're able to be calm and and more relaxed about a situation, it's a lot easier to, again, deal with those bumps in the road. If we're all upset, if I would have just been upset and yelling at my husband when, you know, he told me he had to go to the emergency room, what, you know, how would that have (laughs) helped the situation? What I did was I stopped what I was doing. I said to my client, listen, I have an emergency situation with my son. I need 10 minutes and then I'll finish working. I called my friend. I said, can you please take my other two children? He said, yes. He took care of my other two children. My husband took my son to the emergency room. I finished up what I was doing and I got in my car and I drove home as fast as I could. And yes, it's true. I was rushing because I wanted to be with my kid who needed my help. But at the same time, I understood that like the situation was under as much control as possible. And I was able to step back and be like, yeah, it's under control. I'm okay. My kid is going to be okay. And everything is going to be okay because Hashem's going to make it be okay. And even when it's not okay, it doesn't help to panic in the situation. It doesn't help to be negative. It It's not helpful to you. It's not helpful to the people around you. It, it doesn't help you come out of the situation with more strength or grace or poise. I feel like when something challenging happens to you, the best thing you can do for yourself is take a deep breath, sit back and say, okay, I can do this and remind yourself to breathe and that it will end up being okay. Because even when it's a tragedy, we can still manage it better or worse. And I think it's always better to be in a situation where we can handle things with grace and poise than to just, you know, go off the handle and lose it. And if we practice a little bit, we can definitely get to that place where we're handling things with grace and poise. And that's huge. (laughs) Um, But it takes practice to get there. I won't lie. It definitely does take practice to get there. Now, what I really want to tell you today is that I actually have some tips that I I think will help you manage your time better. Now, 
I've tried, what I've tried to do here is I've gone through all the listener questions I've had in the past and I try to, you know, summarize them and answer them in as best as I can, as best as I can. If you don't hear the answer you're looking for or the question that you thought you asked, then please, you know, get in touch with me, send me an email, leave me a voicemail, whatever it is. And I will try to address the situation again. Uh, what I do want to say is that I definitely want you to send me an email and definitely I want you to send me a vo- leave me a voicemail because I want to be able to um, have episodes where I'm answering listener questions, dedicating at least once a month to answering listener questions. So please, please definitely talk to me. I'm here to answer your questions. Okay. So the first thing that I need you to understand that it's so imperative that you understand is that time is not your own. (laughs) Now we talked about that briefly, but when you can understand that time is not your own, you can feel more comfortable with the fact that all you can do every day is your best. And this becomes a lot easier to accept when you realize that you're not in control of your time. It takes time to get to the fact, to accept the fact that, you know, you're always doing your best or maybe you feel like your best isn't good enough or whatever it is, but it definitely does take time to get to this point. But it slowly start, you know, step by step, understanding that time is not in our power. It's one of those things that we can never get back. Um, It's something that, you know, we can't trade away. It's something that we can't, you know, control. When we understand that, um, it's a lot easier for us to to roll with the punches. Um, I was talking to someone actually this week and she said to me, time is so much like money. Like you have to track it and understand, you know, where it's coming in and where it's going out. And I said, that's true, but money is cumulative. It gains interest. It, you know, you can save it. You can earn more, but with time, you can never save it. You can never accumulate it and you can never earn more of it. You just get what you get. So when something doesn't go your way or when you seem to run out of time, you can't get upset about it. You just have to move on and be okay with the fact that you did lose a little bit of time, but that there was some lesson in that lost time that you were supposed to learn from that. So if you try to look for the silver lining, try to look for the lesson in it all the time, see where you could do better next time. I think that's a really good approach to um, understanding that time is not your own. My husband's grandmother always says to me, man plans and God laughs. And you know what? It's totally true. Because no matter how many times you make a plan, it almost always doesn't go according to plan. That doesn't mean that it won't go smoothly. It just means most of the time it doesn't go exactly the way you thought it would. That's the second thing I kind of want to talk to you about. Not a kind of, I do want to talk to you about. Make a plan. I know what I just said, that man plans and God laughs. It's true. But still, making the plan helps you roll with the punches. It's easier to cope when something doesn't go the way that you had planned, you can sort of, when you make a plan, you can sort of, in your mind, make scenarios of all the different ways the plan could go just so you can prepare yourself. Now, I'm not saying worry. Do not worry. Just 
go down the road a tiny bit. Don't get too far down the road, but just understand that if X happens, Y could happen. If A happens, B could happen, and so on. Because when you sort when you understand that, it makes a difference in how you can approach a problem when a problem arises. And I think the thing that's most important with time management is that it's understanding how to be flexible and how to fix problems when they arrive. And if you're the kind of person who's always looking for the solution instead of focusing on the problem, it's going to be a lot easier to roll with the punches. So when something that you plan doesn't happen exactly the same way as you planned it to happen, just take a deep breath, step back for a minute, and focus on finding the solution even when everything isn't going the way that you planned it to go. When you plan and you plot things into your calendar, it becomes a lot more clear what you need to do and when you need to do it. And it allows you to juggle and reprioritize easily when new issues come up because we all know they are going to come up. Someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to have to go pick up somebody from school because, I don't know, the other carpool driver couldn't make it. Somebody, you know, needs a new shirt. Somebody needs something and you're the only one who could take care of it. Of course, when you can delegate and automate, you should totally do that. But when you're the only one, when you're the caretaker, when you're the one who's fixing the problems and you're focusing on the solutions, sometimes you can't delegate. But planning and being clear about which tasks go where in your day is going to help you, again, reprioritize and juggle when things do come up. It's also important that you don't plan too many things for one day. Now, that seems obvious, but most people overschedule themselves in a very bad way and they try and they spread themselves too thin. It's really It's really amazing how people really spread themselves too thin. Now, I think part of the problem with spreading yourself thin a lot of the time is because we actually have too much. We have too much stuff in our lives. And so it causes us to have to, um, you know, manage our time better because we're dealing with our stuff a lot of the time. But that's not always the case. And I think that it's important to remember that while stuff is sometimes the problem, it's not always the problem, sometimes the problem is we just overextend ourselves. We take on too many things. I want to sort of just tell you a funny story. When we made Aliyah, um, we had, we knew sort of that we shouldn't take on too many tasks at once, that we would be tired, that, you know, it would be hard to drag the kids around, that it would, you know, take time to get things done, actually. But, um, we were feeling kind of ambitious one day. We had someone who was willing to help us in some of the government offices. We had a babysitter for our kids and we wanted to try to take on three things, which is really ambitious. Now, the thing is, is two of those things were in the same building and one was across the street. So we thought like, okay, this is a great way to maximize our time. Only because a miracle actually happened to us That's the only reason why we weren't standing in these offices crying, or at least why I wasn't, because really, truly, a miracle happened to us. You see, when you make Aliyah on a charter flight, when you move to Israel on a charter flight, you go on a flight with other people who are moving to Israel, and the whole flight is Olim Chadashim, is new immigrants. And 
I mean, everybody is on the flight. So in order to minimize um, time spent at the airport and to help processing, the Misrad HaPanim, the uh, Ministry of the Interior, issues all of everybody's IDs at a Aliyah fair, like a few days later in Jerusalem. Now, we made Aliyah to Haifa, and so... You know, we were going to have to go to Jerusalem to pick up these, to pick up our ID cards, which is basically four hours in one day traveling for something that's going to take, you know, five to 10 minutes. And that's a lot of time. And the thing is, is that we didn't even really know that that's what we needed to do. And someone had scheduled to go with us to the Misrata Panim, the Ministry of the Interior, and to get our IDs. And also to go to the Misrata Klita, which is the absorption office, to set up our benefits. And we also had to go across the street to register for our tax-free shipment benefits for when our lift came. And by, like, the grace of God, really nothing else. When we went to the Misrata Panim, the Ministry of the Interior, the lady was able to process part of our uh, our needs because we did have to do some things there. But she said, you know, I can't give you the ID cards because those are all together. Everybody who was on the flight gets them all at once in Jerusalem. And we were going back to the other office afterwards, kind of disappointed that now, you know, we're going to have to go to Jerusalem and we're exhausted and we just got there and it's exhausting and emotional and everything and so we're so we're so disappointed and you know we're just trying to like keep our spirits up and we go over to the Misrata Klita which is on a different floor in the same building and the Misrata Klita is the absorption office and we go to the absorption office and lo and behold the man who is responsible for bringing the um the ID cards from Haifa to Jerusalem is standing there in the office. Now, I didn't know that he was responsible for that. I recognized him because he's part of Nefesh Benefesh and he um <laughs> he he is someone that I had dealt with in the past and I I just was being friendly and I said hi to him. I'm like, "What are you doing here?" and he's like, "Well, I'm taking all the ID cards from Haifa to Jerusalem. I'm like, really? Wow, what a miracle. Can we have ours? And he's like, sure, no problem. And he gave us our ID cards. And we were able to get two offices done and still go on and do the third office. But it was really like by the grace of God. If we wouldn't have run in to uh, Zev, then, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do it. And I would never have, you know, been able to remain so calm I think because you know making Aliyah is actually really really stressful um it's like emotionally draining it's exhausting it's physically exhausting and so I just I couldn't like oh I was like oh no what what like what are we gonna do we're gonna have to go to Jerusalem but no Zev was there and it was just like so amazing and something that could have taken me you know, four hours, God was with me and he, he took care of it. Uh, actually, more than four hours in the long run. But the, the point is, is that sometimes things do work out, even though it seems like they might not. But the ideal is, is to understand how to roll with the punches, except when things aren't working out and not let it, you know, ruin you for the day, for the week, just because something doesn't go the way you thought it would go. Um, 
the other thing that's really important for you to know is that you really need to make things that are daily or weekly or monthly tasks at set times. So every week I go grocery shopping on Thursday. I know that I usually go grocery shopping at 5 p.m., but some weeks, you know, there's other things going on. I I understand, you know, how long that task takes me, and so I can slot it into another time slot when I understand how all the set times in my calendar are working together with each other or against each other sometimes as it may seem and when I can plot in and make the calendar where I can see all the things that are set time like where my kids are going to their after schools and and when I have to take you know my son to a doctor appointment well that's not a set thing but um, or, you know, when I'm teaching my Conquer Your Clutter classes at night when I have to do Facebook Lives or whatever it is, all those things that are set times for me, I, I, um, I put them in my calendar so that if something comes up, I can work around it. But the other advantage to putting things in your calendar is that you can plan better. You don't overbook yourself. You always know what's happening and when it's happening. And that's really like, (laughs) that's really a huge thing because so many people can't track that. So when you have things that are set, when you have things that are always happening every week or every month at the same time, it's important to put them into your calendar just so you can get them off of your mind and, and make your calendar a little bit more responsible for helping you remember. When you have a set time to do things like, let's say, the laundry or go shopping, it's a lot easier also to make sure that certain tasks don't fall by or those tasks don't fall by the wayside. Because if you don't schedule time for them, it's possible that, you know, you can really get backlogged in laundry or dishes or cooking or whatever. And all those things do need to happen in your home. And so it's important to remember to schedule the time for them. Even if it seems like stupid to put on your calendar cooking, you should really put that on your calendar. It's really important for you to figure out how long to learn how long these tasks take you, especially the set tasks. So so it's a good idea to, over the next few weeks, spend a little bit of time recording what you do in a notebook, um, understanding how long it actually takes you to do the laundry or go grocery shopping or cook a certain meal so that you can really learn to allot the right amount of time for all the tasks that need to get done. It also makes you a little bit more accountable for your time and it helps you understand how much time a task's a task really takes you. Um, it's important to be honest about you know how long the tasks take you, or else this exercise is totally useless. Um, it's also going to help you make sure that you don't overbook yourself because if you think a task is going to take ten minutes, but it really takes you forty-five, and you book a task, let's say let's say you book a task at at 10 o'clock that you think is going to take you 10 minutes, but it really takes you 45. And then you book another task at 10.15. It means that you're going to be late for that 10.15 task because the 10 o'clock task took you 45 minutes, even though you thought it was only going to take you five or 10. And basically it pushes back your whole day and ruins your whole day because it didn't 
it took you longer than you thought it would. So it's important really to, you know, be honest and really break down how long the tasks take you. So in the future, you can allot the right amount of time when you're scheduling your tasks. Like I said before, it's a good idea to not schedule your tasks too close together. Leave a buffer. Um, it will help you, a safety net, you know, it will help you when something takes longer than you think it will take or if something urgent comes up in between or even if you just get distracted. It's important to also eliminate distractions. Make set times where you don't answer the phone or check email so that you can just get things done. It's really hard and it takes focus, but it's a worthwhile habit to... Um, invest your time in in learning how to do don't procrastinate I'll be honest with you procrastination is a huge problem for me I'm a down-to-the-wire kind of person I like the adrenaline rush that I get from you know waiting till the last minute it forces me to actually get it done because I have like a real timeline um but it also helps me be a little bit more creative because I have to solve the problem right now and I have to figure out how to get it done. So I have to push myself a little bit harder than if I, you know, was doing it slowly and piecemeal. It's a terrible habit. <laughs> it makes me crabby. Uh, it isn't fair to myself when I do that. And it isn't fair to my family or my team. So something that helps me not procrastinate is um, when I track my deadlines. I work backwards from when I have to have tasks finished by and then I figure out all the steps and I plot them into my calendar and this helps me stay on track and I leave myself buffer times in case I do procrastinate but I usually am getting things done way before the deadline for them is happening and that makes my life a lot better. <laughs> um, the most important part of everything I say today, the, the takeaway should be if you aren't using any sort of calendar, you're setting yourself up for disaster. It doesn't really matter if it's a paper diary, a file of facts, a smartphone, a notebook. I really don't care. Just someplace to write down or type out what, where you need to be and when is helpful. It actually helps us remember better. Um, and it makes it easier for us to, it gives us a point of reference. We have something to look back on and we don't always have to keep everything in our heads. It also helps us deal, you know, with our families a little bit better, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, when I'm using a diary, I, I personally use a electronic calendar. I use a Google calendar. Um, I use color coding. Uh, you can do it either by person or by type of task. I set aside five minutes in the morning to just take a quick look over my day. And then at night, I do that again so that I can have a quick idea for tomorrow and, you know, just remind myself what's going to happen tomorrow. It helps me feel relaxed and at ease before I go to sleep. Um, it helps me do any last minute check-ins with my husband that I need to get done. Um, and in the morning, it just gives me a reminder because I, you know, I never remember from the night before. <laughs> um it just, it, it helps me understand how my day looks. I'm a really visual person. So seeing it all there, seeing it slotted out in the right time slot just helps me, you know, understand what the picture looks like. It, it helps me if I need to juggle anything. And it also allows me to not overbook myself. I, I think it's important that you understand that you should never commit to anything unless you've checked your calendar. That used to happen to me 
a lot where I would be like, yes, I could totally do that. And then I would look at my calendar and be like, ooh, I already have something. It makes you look flaky. It makes you look like you're not prepared. It makes you also seem sometimes like, you know, maybe you didn't really want to do it in the first place and you're just looking for an out. So it's never a good idea to make a commitment without checking that you can first do actually do the commitment, commit to the commitment. Um, But writing things down, it allows me to take, you know, the idea out of my head and it eases my mind. It allows me to focus on, you know, tasks that I'm doing right now. And again, it keeps me from overbooking things, but it gives in, like I said before, it gives me a place to check in, a place where, you know, I know that it everything has to be. It's a centralized location to help me remember. It's like a second brain. <laughs> and it it also actually gives me a happier marriage because because it's acting as a second brain, um, you know, it can communicate with my husband. <laughs> so my husband, Evan, and I, we use electronic calendars. We send each other meeting requests so that we know when we need to be somewhere or when the other person may not be available. And when we're traveling, Um, And oftentimes we travel separately. Um, We can each, you know, deal with each other's travel information. We each sort of know, you know, where we're at. And this week we actually celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary. So um, I definitely credit the meeting request (laughs) function in our calendars to our successful marriage at this point. It, uh, It keeps the arguing down. If one of us messes up, it's our own fault because, you know, it was on the calendar and the calendar is just like our central, you know, it's our guiding light. It allows us to really know what's happening and when it's happening, because if you don't have some sort of central planning, you know, uh, command center, then you things things get lost. And it's really sad and chaval when that happens, because nobody wants that to happen. (laughs) Nobody wants things to get lost in the shuffle. So writing things down, having a calendar, sharing the calendar with your spouse is really, really a great way to have a great marriage. But it's also a great way to make sure that things don't fall through the cracks. So just to wrap it up, um, I want to give you a few extra tips um, and just recap a little bit what we what we spoke about. It's important to um, not only review your tasks for the day in the morning and in the evening, but also to set important tasks for earlier in the morning. This way, if something comes up, you can make sure that it gets done. It allows you to have like a little bit of buffer time to make sure that, you know, everything is happening reasonably fast. So, or that everything is getting actually done. So if you try to schedule your three most important tasks for early in the morning, then they're out of the way, you can move on to other things. If you can get more things done, great, that's great, call a kavod. But in case something comes up, at least the priorities will be taken care of. Alternatively, if you have tasks that are dependent on other people, it's a good idea to also do those tasks early in the morning. This way you can request what you need from the other person. Keep on going with the other tasks on your list in case the other person needs time to get back to you so that you're not just stuck waiting for them um, and then they have time. Now you can check in with them, but it's really helpful, I think, when 
you're waiting on someone else for an answer to just sort of be able to progress with your day while you're waiting for them. I suggest doing a brain dump every week. A week. Write down everything you need to get done and plot it out through the week. Then, you know, decide which are priority items and you know, must get done or if they have like a firm to do date, whatever is urgent but not a priority and whatever you can get done any old time. So I like using the rating systems one, two, and three. Three is the most urgent. Um, if it's a three, it needs to get done, you know, now, muy pronto, right away. Um, if it's a two, like it's still important, but it may not have as firm a deadline. It's something that needs to be done timely, but it's not urgent. Um, and then, you know, any old time is things that are like, you know, when you get to them, like I have a pair of shoes that boots that need to have new um, tabs put on them. But I'm not going to be wearing them for a few more months. So it's like on my to do list, it's sitting out waiting for me to take to the shoemaker when I have the time, but it's not urgent. When you're doing these brain dumps, it's also important to be specific about the task that needs to get done. So don't just write, you know, um, clean the house, write clean the counters, clean the fridge, clean the stove, clean the floor, um, pay X or Y bill, not just pay the bills. I always like to phrase it as, you know, you should pretend that you're writing a note to Amelia Bedelia, you know, the maid, the children's story about the maid who's like, can't understand the list. And she like takes sort of everything literally, but it's important, like, make sure you're writing a list for someone who's not so bright. (laughs) Because when you're clear and specific, you'll also remember better, it will be a better cue for you to remember exactly what's what needs to get done because sometimes you could just write pay bills and you're like okay which bills do I need to pay or clean the house well what exactly do I need to clean and you might not remember that you know you wanted to make a point of cleaning the stove let's say this week so it's important to be specific when you do the brain dump um, about exactly what you need I think that it's a good idea to also figure out the time of the day that you're most productive. Now, for me, it's nighttime. I like the rhythm of nighttime, but that's not true for everyone. So you're going to have to find the time when you're most productive. It doesn't mean it's the best time to do things, but it's definitely if you have sort of an important task, it's a good idea or a task that requires a lot of focus and that needs to be done right, then do it at the time where you feel you're most productive. If you need help with any of these things, please reach out to me. Now, there are a few things I can help you with. I can do online coaching with you. It's a great option for time management. And just as an aside, for those of you on the East Coast, I will actually be in the U.S. in August. So you can connect with me on email, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at Rebecca Saltzman. That's S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail and you can either book a private one-on-one session with me in your home and that could help you with time management. Or if you'd like to arrange for speaking engagements with me, please let me know. I would love to come to your city and speak to you and your friends, speak in your shul and your community centers, wherever you would like me to speak. Because I love speaking about organization, as you know, and also about, you know, the environment and time management and all these things that are related to organizing. Um, it's important to me that I get feedback from you on if these tips 
are useful to you. I want to know if you implemented any of these things over the next few weeks. So please definitely drop me a voicemail or an email and let me know if these things are working for you because um, I want to know where you're struggling so I can make sure that I'm giving you the best tips for you. Um, Next week, I have a great interview planned. Uh, It's already finished. It's ready to go. I'm excited for it. It's with my mentor, Chaya Hinda Allen, and we talk about worry and organization and a little bit more of time management. And she has some really great stories. And I felt like it was a really great interview. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. For now, I want you to remember your mantra. Hashem keeps me organized or for me, it's Hashem is taking care of things for me. And I repeat it to myself over and over and over again. Repeat it to yourself until you believe it. Eventually, you will. I want to wish you luck this week on all your organizational endeavors. Have a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.